Time to express yourself. Where teens talk and the world listens. Presented by Star Style Productions as an international outreach program of Be the Star You Are charity. You'll rock to an hour of adolescent fusion with your teen hosts and on-air reporters. Meet and chat with cool celebrities, exhilarating experts, and tenacious teens with subjects regarding anything and everything that you want to know. It's time to kick off the fun with our star teens. Welcome to Express Yourself. A different language is a different vision of life. Federico Fellini. Hello and welcome to Express Yourself. We're a program by, for, and with creative young people. A platform to give teens a voice, right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. From Cynthia O'Brien, producer of Express Yourself and Star Style Productions, we bring this program to the airwaves as an outreach service of the Be the Star You Are charity, a top nonprofit honored by GuideStar and great nonprofits. For today's show, Be The Star You Are wants to thank everyone who has volunteered and supported BTSYA over the years. We are thrilled to be serving the world. If you'd like to help us celebrate being a top nonprofit with a donation, please visit www.btsya.org. That's www.btsya.org. Every dollar counts, and we will use the funds for our outreach programs. Make sure to listen to Express Yourself wherever you listen to radio or music iTunes, Amazon, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spotify, and more. We broadcast from the Empowerment Channel on Voice America Radio, the largest radio network in the world. Salutations! I'm Chuthi, your host for today's show. So today's show is all about languages around the world. In segment two, we will be having a guest, Cooper Lender, come to speak to us about preserving world languages. In segment three, our AI expert Kevin will be back with his segment. Right now, we have Chuthi, who is me. I am Kilthy. Kilthy is me. Salutations, fellow teens. Unfortunately, there will be no nerd extraordinaire today. Oh, so sad. What a woe. But don't worry. It's coming. It's coming up. Nerd extraordinaire is coming. So today's show is all about languages around the world, as I said before. So this is just going to be a short and sweet segment about languages around the world and some stats on them. So let's start. So going all the way back to the first language in the world. The first language in the world is considered to be Sumerian, and the oldest proof of written Sumerian dates back to 3500 BC. So it's the first language we have proof that it existed. So the most spoken languages around the world are English with over 1.4 billion speakers, Mandarin with over 1.1 billion speakers, Hindi with 602 million speakers, Spanish with 548 million speakers, and French with 280 million speakers. Currently, there are over 6,500 languages spoken in the world, and in all of history, over 31,000 languages have existed. So the latest language still spoken today is called Kawishana. I'm not sure if that I'm pronouncing that right, but Kawishana, I think that's how it's pronounced. And it's the language of Brazil. So the number of people who speak this language remains in single digits. It's a North Amazonian language that is very difficult to learn. Because of that, it wasn't really widely spoken in general. And before it had maybe a few hundred speakers, now it maybe has one speaker. The last known speaker was actually in 2008. 
and it might have gone extinct in that time zone. But the last known speaker was in 2008, and that speaker was the only one in the whole entire world who knew how to speak this language. So, what about the U.S.? Does the U.S. have any languages that are lost or almost extinct? So, one of the U.S.'s rarest languages is, again, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing this right, but it's called Wulshutseed. So, it's a Native American language that originates from Washington, and it was spoken by the Muckleshoot, Puyallup, Suquamish, Duwamish, Nisqually, and Squaxin island tribes. Wulshutseed is a southern dialect of Lushutseed, which is a part of the Coast Salish language group. The last native speaker was Ellen Williams, who lived from 1923 to 2016. So, so let's talk about Lushutseed. Lushutseed is basically what this language originated from, and it's still actually spoken. Again, single digits, not very widely spoken. So Lushutseed is also called Puget Salish, Puget Sound Salish, or Skagit Nisqually, is a language made up of several Salish tribes of modern-day Washington state. So Lushutseed is one of the Coast Salish languages, and one of, it's one of the two main divisions of the Salishian language family. So it's another very, very complex Native American language, because there are so many Native American languages in different parts of the U.S., and a lot of them have been getting lost. So that's why it's so important to try and preserve these languages. So now, sometimes this isn't really this isn't really possible because when you look at Kawishana, which is the Brazilian language we talked about before, you can see that it's very hard to learn. Like no one can just go and learn Kawishana, especially considering the fact that there's one or less known speaker in the world. So that's why it's so important to preserve our heritage languages, because who who knows, maybe in a hundred years, the language that you speak in your family, it might be extinct. You know, there might be only a few people living in the world who know how to speak it. And those people don't know how to teach you it because it's so hard. So even if you were born in the U.S. and maybe maybe you don't want to learn your native language, it's really important to at least indulge in the culture, even if the native language is hard to speak like, at least preserve the culture of it and the way of life that comes with it. Because you want to preserve the ideals because that's your culture. Because once you think about it, it can be lost in maybe maybe a few years. So that was our segment. It was, it was very short. That's all the time we have for the segment. And make sure you stay tuned for our next segment where I will be talking to Cooper Lender. We want to hear your thoughts, and we want to answer your questions. So email us at info at bethestorywar.org. That's info at bethestorywar.org. Check out our radio site at www.exposeyourselfteenradio.com and our creative community site at www.bethestorywar.org. You can get involved with Be The Story World charity, buy books and t-shirts in our store, sign up for our free newsletter, and make a donation to Be The Story World. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. 
Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. If you are ready to be inspired, energized, and entertained, you've come to the right place with our two life-changing programs at BeTheStarYouAreRadio.com. Live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Listen for our lifestyle show, Star Style, Be The Star You Are, with our host, Cynthia Bryan. Then on Sundays at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern, Teens Talk and the World Listens on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Play with with us at be the star you are radio.com and the voice america empowerment channel enjoying our shows and can't get enough of us follow us on instagram at voice america talk radio and see what we're cooking up for you You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Hello, and welcome back to Express Yourself. I'm your host, Kuthi, and we are talking about languages around the world. Right now we have Cooper Lender. Cooper Lender, a high school senior, is bilingual and passionate about language acquisition and maintenance. He speaks English, Spanish, and is learning Japanese. He loves learning about different languages and feels that learning a language is key to really understanding other cultures and histories. Cooper participated in the Lai Shower Scholars Program at Stanford University, where he learned more about Japanese culture and U.S.-Japan relations. He started the Heritage Language Story Project which is www.heritagelanguagestory.org, and it encourages heritage speakers to share their story about their experiences with their home language. He hopes to support heritage language speakers in seeing the value in maintaining their home languages. The Heritage Language Story Project supports heritage language speakers in recognizing the value of maintaining their home language. The project website provides resources for heritage language speakers and encourages them to share the story of their language experiences. Maintaining a heritage language can be difficult and many heritage languages are declining. The project's goal is to have the stories shared on the website normalized website to normalize the difficulty of maintaining a home language, support other heritage language speakers in finding ways to maintain the home language, and highlight the important value of heritage language. So, welcome to the show, Cooper. So, Thank so you. What exactly, what exactly is a heritage language? Yeah, so a heritage language is basically one that is spoken in the home, but isn't the main language of that culture. So, for example, I was born in the U.S., and Spanish was spoken in my home, but, you know, in the U.S., the main language is English. And a lot of people will have a heritage language, and they can't eat, they can't really speak it very well, but it's still their heritage language because it was still spoken in their home. So why exactly do heritage languages decline in use? Yeah, so the, the United Nations has reported that um, many heritage languages, including indigenous languages, are declining and in danger of becoming extinct. And one of the main ways that can happen is due to globalization and trying and people trying to fit in with other cultures. Um, 
So I guess one example of that was with me because as a kid, I didn't really feel like speaking Spanish was like a cool thing to do. Um, so I kind of don't have as much of a Spanish ability as I would now. And there are other people who are like parents who want their kids to be like fully integrated into the cultures of different societies and they won't teach their languages to their kids intentionally. Um, and that's how they, they can be lost. So you talk about this decline in heritage languages. So do you think that this is something that is specific to the United States or does it happen all around the world? No, no. Uh, yeah. So heritage language decline is a thing all around the world. And um, one that I'm actually very interested in is one called Ainu. And Ainu is um, a native language to Japan. Um, and they were kind of, they've been prosecuted throughout history. And there's only uh, like a few Ainu speakers left. Um, and I think that, you know, the I, I really want to want to keep uh, people interested in Ainu and want to create more learners and have people make sure that um, languages like Ainu or Hawaiian or Yiddish or Gaelic um, are passed on to um, kids for many generations to come. So do you think that people whose heritage languages aren't really widely spoken are more susceptible to this decline than people who have, who like, speak a widespread language yes yeah i definitely i definitely agree with that um there's definitely a lot of problems where if you have a language that isn't very widely spoken um if you go to a different place it probably won't be spoken there and in the u.s for example there's also a lot of groups that try to maintain heritage languages and if you have a language that isn't spoken as much then um that'll be much harder for you so are there like schools or places where they teach these difficult heritage languages? Like, do you know? Well, yeah. Um, I mean, well, one heritage language that I um, am participating in is, is Japanese. And although it is a widely spoken language in Japan, it is not very widely spoken anywhere else. So in uh, my town of Santa Barbara, there's actually a uh, Japanese heritage language group where a bunch of um, Japanese uh, moms and dads come together and teach kids Japanese so they can keep the language uh, going on for multiple generations to come. I think that institutions like that, where these older people teach the heritage language to the to like children, I think that that's really such a great thing because not only are you preserving the language, you're also preserving that that country's culture. Like you're also preserving a way of life. So I feel like that's such an important thing to do. So what do you, what is being done to maintain heritage language use? Yeah, so um, right now there are big organizations um, such as the United, Lang United Nations that are um, trying to maintain heritage languages. But um, one thing that I really want to point out is what you already talked about and what we've already talked about is on a local level because... Um, in the end, language acquisition and culture and everything is on a person-to-person -person basis. And um, there are so many groups around the entire world that are trying to maintain their heritage languages. And I think that it's that is, that's so important and we should really work to support that. So say someone wants to learn a heritage language. So how, do, how does this person find out 
where they can go to learn this language? Like, is there any, is it accessible? Or like these kinds of schools and institutions, is it like accessible to the public where like people know that, that there's something like this? Uh, well, yeah, it definitely depends on the area that you're in. Um, for example, in uh, Santa Barbara, at Santa Barbara City College, there's actually a class for people who are heritage language speakers of Spanish. Um, and that and it's really catered towards them. And that is really uh, a good option for them. And it's very easy to find out about that. But in other places, um, a lot of these groups are just volunteer groups that are done by members of the community. And those sometimes we'll have a website and sometimes you'll just have to hear about them from word of mouth. Yeah, I feel like like some places where people, more people speak that language, like it does a lot more resources, so it's a lot more accessible. So what is your personal connection to heritage languages? Yeah, so my dad is from Peru and he came to the U.S. for the first time for college and uh, that's when he met my mom and we he came over to, to California where I was born. And as a child, he'd always talk to me in Spanish. And um, I was kind of a bilingual child where I had the English culture kind of outside of my house and the Spanish culture inside. Um, but as I got older, I kind of felt alienated as kind of where, where I lived is there, there wasn't very many Spanish speakers. And it wasn't in my eyes, it wasn't a very cool thing to do. Um, so I kind of lost a lot of my heritage language, but I think it's so important uh, to have your heritage language and to work towards um, learning your heritage language because it's, in my opinion, the most important part to connect with your culture. Yeah, I really agree. I really think that that's something a lot of kids can relate to, like having one language that's being spoken in the house and another language like English that's being spoken outside and they kind of feel like an outcast because like they're the only one who speaks that language. Like I feel like that's something a lot of people, a lot of our listeners could relate to. So why don't you tell us about your project, the Heritage Language Storley Project? So what does it aim to do and how is it different from other initiatives? Yeah, so um, as I was talking about a little earlier is, you know, culture and language acquisition is ultimately on a personal level. And I want to create a personal connection between people who learn heritage languages. And I want to people to understand how important um, and how meaningful heritage languages can be to them. And I've already seen that people who have participated in uh, the Heritage Language Story Project are able to hear about, or I mean, are able to like remember how important their heritage language is. And people who um, co go over to the website are able to understand um, how much they should actually participate in the culture, in their culture, and their heritage language, because how meaningful it can be. And um, I also, through the project, I'm all, I also share news and different stuff like that. And I we try to support people who are also trying to make personal initiatives in their community to uh, have more heritage language education. So, um, so you say you supported some people, like, what languages have you encountered through your experience with this project? Like, what languages? What are yeah, some so, uh, yeah, I've encountered a lot of languages. And um, one of them that I've, <laughs> I, I, I've actually do also have a personal connection to is Yiddish. Although I've 
uh, also like in kind of Punjab and uh, Mandarin, different things like that. But Yiddish um, is definitely an endangered language. And I think that through this project, um, Yiddish speakers, I've uh, after I've talked with them and they really seem like um, they really enjoy their connection to um, their specific culture and, um, you know, wish that, you know, some of them have passed on their language, but some of them haven't. And, you know, that's something I think we should try to keep uh, going, keep passing on the languages. So I'm assuming that, like, Japanese isn't your, um, like, your native language, right? Yeah, that's correct. So, so why, what would you say to people, like, how would you encourage people who don't speak this language as the native language to speak like a language? Yeah, so... Why do you think that's important? Yeah, so, I mean, although Japanese isn't my native language and it's also actually not my heritage language, um, some of my best experiences of my entire life have come through learning Japanese. Um, I've met so many more people than I would have before, and I've just had so many new experiences that I wouldn't have. And um, also through my studies of Spanish, which is my heritage language, I've been able to speak with my family much better and, you know, connect with them on a much deeper level than I would have before. And I think that's one of the biggest incentives you can have to do anything. So definitely, definitely study your heritage language. So how can heritage language speakers and others get involved in your project? Yeah, so um, on my my website, there there's a tab for you to actually participate and create your own video. And what I'm trying to aim, aiming for, to do with the, the videos is um, trying to create a personal connection with uh, the listener and, you know, have a community of people who are, uh, have a connection to their heritage language. And then after that, this the community will help support um, members of it to create heritage language uh, education in uh, their local area, if that answers your question. Yeah, it does. So through having this initiative, like what have you learned? Yeah, so I've definitely, I've learned how important heritage language is to people. And a lot of the times they don't realize it before they uh, participate in the project. But once they are remembering all these things and, um, you know, understanding how these, how much, how many interactions they, they have had through their heritage language. Um, it's just, you know, it's really awesome to hear all that and everything. So what is your hope as it relates to heritage language maintenance in general? Yeah, so my hope is, um, firstly, to have heritage language maintenance be a priority in people's minds. So through this, through this project, I'm uh, creating publicity for heritage language maintenance and hoping people who, who don't may, might not have a, a connection to a heritage language are still able to um, help those who what, would want a heritage language um, education in the community. And then um, w w once <clears throat> it's normalized, then as a consequence of that, there would be much more heritage language education and um, culture will be able to pa be passed on to future generations, and it would create a much 
more varied and unique world, I think. Yeah, I think that's really awesome. Like what you're doing is really nice. So just one another question. So like so in general, why um like what languages do you think what heritage languages do you think that really need to be uh, proliferated more? How like what languages do you think are not given enough representation? <laughs> that's a really hard one because I don't I don't think I can answer that specifically, but there are so many languages um, around the world that really don't have any publicity that are just kind of becoming extinct. Um, and if they're not, if nothing is done, then they're going to become extinct. So I think definitely um, the most important one probably is the one in the area where anyone lives. So I think people um, should do some, should do research and realize that, you know, for example, in America, there are many um, native languages that are dying, uh, that are becoming extinct, and also sign languages are becoming extinct around the world. And that's something that's like a lifeline for people who um, can't speak a spoken language. So I think the the most important one is the one that's in your area. Yeah, I really agree with that. Like, I like how your project doesn't only focus on one language, but it focuses on like giving more representation to all languages so it's open to everyone everyone who has a heritage language who which is everyone in the world and it's open to everyone and helps everyone proliferate their own language so unfortunately that's all the time we have for this segment so be sure to check out cooper's amazing project at www.heritagelanguagestory.org make sure to check out our radio site buy books and t-shirts in our store, and make a donation to BTSYA at www.bethestoryworld.org. Voice America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. If you are ready to be inspired, energized, and edutained, you've come to the right place with our two life-changing programs at BeTheStarYouAreRadio.com. Live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Listen for our lifestyle show, Star Style, Be The Star You Are, with our host, Cynthia Bryan. Then on Sundays at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern, Teens Talk and the World Listens on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Play with with us at be the star you are radio.com and the voice america empowerment channel want to see what voice america is up to behind the scenes follow us on tiktok at voice america talk radio
You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Hi, everybody. I'm Kevin Chu, a Be The Star You Are reporter. My segment is AINS, which talks about how AI can and does affect our lives. Today, I'll discuss how AI can assist with learning languages and make up for any deficiencies in the heritage language. There are a lot of kids that are born in the U.S. but have at least one foreign parent, over a quarter if my memory serves me correctly. A lot of those kids also grew up with two languages, English and whatever language their foreign parent or parents grew up with as well. I'm a family example of this, funnily enough. I was born in the U.S., but both of my parents were born in South Korea, and the families had lived there for many, many generations. As a result, I grew up using both English and Korean in my household. However, because I was surrounded by increasingly advanced English literature and taught increasingly advanced English in school as well, my skills in English are now far beyond my skills in Korean. My Korean is the heritage language in this case. A minority language that, while I can't use, is not my dominant language because of a lack of sufficient social feedback from my environment regarding my use of the language. Of course, because I live in the U.S., this hasn't been a huge issue in my life, as I practically never use English outside of my home. I'm good enough at Korean to understand when some, what somebody's asking of me in daily life. However, it does become an issue when I visit Korea and my relatives that live there, which are the majority of them. We're able to hold conversations, but they're often stilted or slow. Minor issue, but still a noticeable one, and also coincidentally, one AI can help with. Well, it's more difficult to find an, AI, an issue that AI can't solve than one it can solve, so maybe not such a coincidence. Either way, difficulties arising due to a lack of proficiency in heritage language are not rare. And there are countless other issues that arise due to language barriers in general, whether it be on tourist trips or moving to a new area. AI can help with those issues immensely. There are two main ways AI can assist with overcoming language barriers, either directly translating what's there or just assisting with language education. But the first method, method is countless different when AI translators a person can use be going on a tourist trip or just want to learn a few useful phrases. For instance, Google Translate or DeepL are two I can think of off the top of my head. And I do use AI, even if they don't seem like they do at first glance. Many translators nowadays, including the ones I just mentioned, use AI to discern, discern the intent and context behind a phrase as a whole, instead of just directly translating each word one at a time. For instance, I want that is je vous cela in French. However, if you translate each word individually, which is quite different. This is also just one of the more simple phrases, and the more complex the phrase or passage you want to translate, the more a direct translation and AI-assisted translation are going to differ and branch off from one another. Furthermore, regular translators need much more care than AI-based translators. Regular online translators base the translations off of uploaded documents and need to be told basic linguistic rules. This can become an issue if these kinds of translators aren't updated frequently. After all, if you used as stone to translate modern Greek to modern Egyptian, you would probably get more than a few translation errors. AI-powered translators, on the other hand, are much simpler to use after initial development and require little constant input from the developers to grow and keep up with the times. This is because the AI-based translators are able to learn what people who are using the app are inputting themselves and can adapt to any specific language patterns or nuances that aren't often used but aren't listed in any source documents. Of course, there are two flaws with this. One, it doesn't really work for holding conversations. 
Content typing and confusion tend to slow down in conversation immensely, as you might know from being a functioning member of society. Second, it's kind of a nuisance to do all the time, and it's slow as well. There's been plenty of times I felt frustrated on a trip that I couldn't read all the signs, but didn't want to pull up my phone and just start typing it with continuously. Luckily, this is also an issue that AI can help solve. You've probably heard of the term augmented reality. If you haven't, or if you have, but don't fully know what it means, it's when your view of reality remains, but digital information or visuals are shown on top of it as well. It's like one of those Snapchat filters that add dog to and stuff. Anyhow, this is one way to improve translation services through the use of AI. By combining translators with augmented reality, it won't be that difficult to create an automatic site translator that can translate whatever you look at. As a matter of fact, those kinds of technologies are already being made, are being developed independently of each other. There's an app on the App Store that's able to translate what the phone's camera looks at with surprising accuracy. I myself use it on a family trip to France, and it was a whole lot better than my three years of learning French in high school and middle school. I chipped us several years ago, so the technology has likely already gone even better than when I used it before. Furthermore, Apple has also just announced its new Apple Vision Pro, which is a perfect example of what augmented reality is and how it works. In fact, it's probably going to be able to translate on its own if it's going to be as advanced as Apple says it is. Of course, it's also incredibly expensive at $3,500, but it's Apple. What do you expect? It's going to be a miracle if they don't make the charger a set of product. Either way, automatic translation with augmented reality isn't that far off, luckily just in a year. Of course, if you wanted to do so without having to wear a Cyclops' visor, that will likely take a bit longer. Although, given how fast technology is progressing, probably not that long. Maybe a decade at most for the mega-rich, and a very long while later for his peasants. In any case, AI is very likely to become a very proficient, convenient, and capable translator to replace genuine lingual fluency in reading, likely even auditorially, given that AI like Alexa and Siri are multilingual and accurate as they are. However, like I explained before, AI can also help by assisting in learning languages themselves, which is honestly a lot more reliable than every technology. There are several ways that AI can do this. First off, a realistic conversation with the person who speaks the language you're trying to learn. No matter how many textbooks or quizzes you take about language, the best way to practice language, in my opinion, is just using it in a conversation regularly. This is often an element found lacking in any school classroom, but the teacher's time has to be split between 30 or more different students with a span of, at most in many cases, an hour. With AI, however, another person to converse with in said language will be readily available at any moment. Furthermore, these conversations could also be used as both tests and classrooms and accurate indicators of how one, uh, how well one can carry on a conversation for measuring how long one can keep going. Vocabulary tests and class readings are nice and all, but the most important thing is actually being able to converse in said language. If you can't, it doesn't matter if you can accurately recite Eminem's rap in Spanish. It's not going to help you when you actually jump to Spain, I think. Never have actually been to Spain. Maybe knowing how the rap rap god is actually useful there. Of course, to put what you've learned into practice, you have to have actually learned something. AI can also help with that through a much more personalized learning experience. If there's a specific area you're having trouble with, like the concept of adverbs, if you're learning English, AI would point you, point you to sources that might help you understand and get past any walls that you're facing in the area. AI is an incredibly potent and versatile tool when used correctly. I've seen many arguments online about the validity and legitimacy of using AI in fields like art and music, and I can understand where they're coming from. Probably arguing a bit as well if I was an artist or musician or any other field that AI is taking over. However, in my opinion, none of that will matter in the long run. AI music and art is distinctly different from what humans have to offer. In the end, everything will be fine. Everything will find its place.
AI, first and foremost, was a tool created to brighten the future of mankind, and it will always be developed toward that end. Thank you for listening. That was great, Kevin. I thought that was a really, I, I learned a lot definitely from that segment. And I feel like we can all relate to like going up to Google Translate and translating some stuff, some like a few words from English to some foreign language. And then we get confused because once you translate those words individually, it comes out different. So you actually mentioned AI conversations in a foreign language. So how exactly would that work? Well, I'm sure you've heard of uh, some uh, ChatGPT, right? It, it yeah. asks a question and and answers and answers in somehow an incredibly, almost a very human and very professional way, not very clinky or stinted like you would expect from an artificial robot or AI. That's because uh, uh, it's a chatbot, which is basically an AI made toward the end of replicating human conversation. And it's already an incredibly developed field. And it's been developed for I'm not sure how long, but likely more than a decade, not more than several decades. And to, and to make a realistic conversation in a foreign language is, all, is already probably some, is already something that probably exists in chatbot. It's, and I think it's not far off until it's actually until it's used in classrooms as well, because of how slow it'd be there. Yeah, I actually agree. Like. It's it's really amazing how ChatGPT can have these conversations with us when it's not even a real person, but whatever you ask it, it like knows everything, and like, it's it's really like a big discovery that we could do this in other languages as well, not just English. So if that technology is developed for multiple languages, like that could be extremely useful. So what advantages would will be to learning a language rather than using an API to translate? Well, first off, you wouldn't have the, like I mentioned before, with the Apple, uh, the Apple Vision Pro, if it actually does have the ability to translate, it'd still be very bulky and also very expensive. And you'd have to carry it around and it'd probably be quite a burden to just have. And learning language natively would probably be a... You, Learning a language natively is probably a lot more difficult. You wouldn't have to carry around big, bulky glasses or visor or whatever the Vision Pro is. Anyhow, it's also just a lot more reliable because it, because to accurately translate, it, human mind and mindset is probably the most necessary thing, and that's very advanced. It's and also it's not not something that can be done in the near future as well. And it's also, and even if it does come out somewhat soon, probably in the next several decades, I guess, it's not going to be cheap. So learning language natively will be a lot cheaper and a lot more reliable than just relying on an AI. Yeah, I feel like the human, the way humans speak language is, it's like really hard to replicate in an AI. Like, those certain words that are in English that like may not be in other languages. Like, they may not even exist in other languages, and the same thing could happen the other way. There could be some words in other languages that don't have an English meaning. So I feel like, like, um, AIs try to assign these, this word means this, for every word. So I feel like that's, that's gonna be really hard to replicate, and it's gonna require a lot of technological advancement. So you mentioned that augmented reality could assist in translation. So how else would it help in daily life? Mm -hmm. It would help in daily life by basically 
being a phone that can access any time, like, for example, you have on the calendar app, I'm not sure if you use the calendar app on your phone, I do, but for the calendar app, you can instantly just set any sort of, um, you instantly set any sort of appointment and you won't forget to do it afterwards. Like when you're meeting someone and you set, and you just, and you set up a meeting for later, you can just instantly, okay, this is there and you won't have to worry about forgetting it later or anything like that. And you can just have an instant list of everything you want right there. Moreover, it also is a lot more convenient to search up whatever you well, what you want when you need to. You won't have to pull out your phone or anything like that. In addition, uh, calling and stuff would also be a lot more convenient when you're already busy holding something else. For example, like on the road. Of course, it's probably still dangerous to you know call while on the road, but it'd be a lot less uh, less dangerous than you know picking your phone with a hand and taking your hand off the wheel. Yeah, I think that all of these technological advancements happening, like, it it in itself is amazing. Like, even though it's inaccurate a lot of times, or it doesn't involve all languages in the world, like, even then, like, it's still really great how, like, there's so many different technologies that you can use to translate. You know, you can translate basic things, maybe not very complex sentences, but basic words like if you if you're stuck in france and you don't know how to speak french like that could be very useful but unfortunately we're out of time for today's show thank you for that wonderful segment kevin as always we express our gratitude to star style Productions, cynthia Bryan, be the star you are and our voice america empowerment crew especially our audio engineer andrew thanks to our guests from all across the world and a huge thank you to our listeners for making us a top-rated program for more information about Be The Story World Charity, visit www.bethestoryworld.org. Find us on Instagram at ExpressYourselfRadio. We're in a second language. Talking is fun. Always remember to speak up, speak out, and express yourself. Thanks for joining us this week on Express Yourself. Produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are Charity. For more information about our show, be sure to visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Please join us again next Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern, when teens talk and the world listens on the Voice America Kids channel. Until then, remember to express yourself. Stars that shine between the lines if you would let yourself